0: Welcome to the Real Relationship Toolbox podcast with hosts and marriage service technicians, Cliff and Andrea Riley. The Rileys are TV hosts, life coaches, trauma healing facilitators, relationship instructors, biblical counselors, authors, bloggers, and licensed ministers. They have a passion for marriages and families that was birthed from the struggles they faced during their early years together. Their mission is to equip relationships with the tools to go the distance. This dynamic duo is open, honest, and transparent as they share their insights. Cliff and Andrea have been married for 29 years and are blessed with four children, nine grandchildren, and one great-grandchild. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Marriage Service Technicians hashtag MST30DayChallenge. Cliff and Andrea Riley invite you along on a month-long adventure. Join the journey towards transformation in four weeks or less. Discover the secret to a fine-tuned relationship that runs like a well-oiled machine. Our Jumpstart program will get your engines running and give you turn-by-turn directions to your destination. Your package includes a journal, daily inspiration, weekly coaching, and an online community of traveling buddies to keep you motivated. Take the hashtag MSC30DayChallenge. Come along for a ride that will change your life. Are you up to the challenge? Visit us at themaristex.com forward slash challenge.
1: This is The Real Relationship Toolbox, podcast number one, The Power of Lamenting. I'm Andrea Riley. And I'm Cliff Riley. And we're your hosts, the Marriage Service Technicians, where we equip relationships with tools to go the distance. Thank you for joining us. Today's topic is The Power of Lamenting, an in-depth discussion about lamenting, what it is, why it's such an important tool, and ways you can use it in your own life. So, honey... You remember four weeks ago when we decided to launch the podcast?
2: Yeah, I remember. It was going to be a follow-up to our TV show. Exactly. Episode 2, The Road to Recovery. Wait, wasn't that the show where you pull
1: all your trauma out? Well, I guess you could put it that way. I, I did kind of put you on blast, didn't
2: I? Yeah, you did. But every time you share that story, people do get blessed, though. So I'll give you a pass. Oh, I appreciate that. You're so gracious. I know. (laughs) Make sure you tell everybody next time you put me out there. (laughs) Fair enough. So anyway, you remember we were going to use that
1: story from the show to help our listeners see how they can pour out their pain.
2: Yes, and how they can receive healing from their trauma. So,
1: I'm thinking that some listeners might be wondering, what exactly is trauma anyway? Inquiring minds want to know. Oops. I may have just dated myself with that statement.
2: Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) But to answer the question, Mm -hmm. trauma is a deep wound of the heart that takes a long time to heal. It hurts every part of us. Our relationships, our thoughts, our bodies, even our faith. I can relate to that definition. The trauma hurts in all four of those areas. You want to elaborate? Well... All right, the story
1: we shared on the show definitely affected our relationship to the point that I didn't want to be married anymore.
2: Mm. Well, the only thing that held us together was prayer. Thank God. Thank God. And I have vivid memories of when we found out that
1: your severance pay was ending two months early. Mm. I literally heard something break on the inside. And that was when my thought life went cuckoo for
2: Cocoa Puffs. (laughs) You're dating yourself again, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, when I look back, it affected my thinking too.
1: Mm. Now, the part about trauma impacting our bodies, the Lord spoke to me clear as day and told me that the bitterness and resentment for my trauma had caused illness in my body. And mm. now the doctors
2: couldn't understand what was going on, but the Lord knew. Now, that was a hard pill to swallow. The only mm-hmm. thing I needed to do was to cry out to the Lord to heal you, baby. Mm.
1: Now that you did. And your heartfelt prayers, they actually somehow like, became part of the healing process. Mm. And so anyway, I um, back to the trauma, I think that I could speak for both of us when I say that it shook our faith to the core. It did. And it took some time to recover from it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess we could sum it up like this. The trauma is a deep wound of the heart. It takes Mm a long time to heal. It affects pretty much every part of us. Yep. Right? Okay. So, let's touch on some of the things that can cause trauma.
2: All right. So, trauma can come from being abandoned by a parent, a loved one dying, a divorce. Then there's abuse and sexual assault, being molested. And, you know, and things like incarceration, a health crisis, or a car accident. Now... Those are some of the things that
1: ha- can happen, like, directly to an individual. Mm, okay. But trauma can also be caused from things that happen around us, like a fire, a natural disaster, or
2: war. Or a global pandemic, like COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what it's really close to home is that trauma can be caused by witnessing a death. Now, that has certainly taken on a new meaning. Yes.
1: So again, a few weeks ago, we thought we'd use our trauma event as a backdrop for this podcast. But that was then, and this is now.
2: Yeah, what a difference a day, an hour, or 8 minutes and 46 seconds can make. Yeah, think about the millions of folks across the globe
1: that who are traumatized from watching that video and witnessing the murder of Mr. George
2: Floyd. I know what you mean. People of all races are grieving the loss of a man we never met. Right. And the grief and trauma from watching his murder only
1: compounded the trauma from the pandemic. I mean, it added like another layer, so to speak.
2: Yeah. And check this out. For African Americans, our grief goes much deeper. While other races have been shocked by events these past few weeks, including the killing of Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, our grief goes back more than weeks, months years or even decades oh that's so true we have an open wound that haven't healed for four centuries
1: now that's mind-blowing
2: when you think about it yeah i mean our
1: trauma began in 1619 Mm. when our ancestors were kidnapped chained crammed in the ships and transported here like like cargo or something Mm. and even after slavery was abolished the oppression continued it just took on different forms So those 400 years represent layer upon layer upon layer
2: of pain and suffering. Mm. Well, whether or not we're aware of it, it manifested through generational trauma. Oh, you know what? We should probably mention to our
1: listeners that we're both um, trained in trauma healing facilitating. Mm -hmm. And generational trauma is one of the areas we've been trained in. Maybe you could speak to that.
2: Yeah, I mean, the full name of the curriculum is Healing Wounds of Generational Trauma the black and white experience. We deal with the cause and effects of trauma due to slavery and systemic racism. The goal is to bring healing and get unstuck from our past. And that training was truly enlightening. Yeah. Now that was earlier
1: this year and obviously we had no way of guessing that Mm -hmm. just a few short months later we land where we are right now. Mm. Meaning like how recent events have brought us face to face with our pain.
2: Even now, as we're recording this podcast, I'm still hurting. Me too. I mean,
1: I'm realizing that there are deep wounds that I've just learned to live with. Mm. I found ways to cope with them. I mean, who has time to nurse wounds? We got to keep grinding every day, right? Right. I hear you. But these recent events have just reopened those old wounds. They've triggered pain that have been lying dormant. And I'm hearing other African-Americans echoing the same sentiments.
2: I get it. To be totally transparent, I've had pain surface over the past few days that I didn't even know I had. That
1: sounds about right. There's this heaviness in my soul. Like, I do my best to process it every day, but to be honest, when I wake up the next morning, it's back again.
2: But you know what? Think about what kind of shape we'll be in if we didn't take the time to process and pour out each day in prayer.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Wow. yeah yeah
2: yeah if I just let it pile up by the end of the week mm-hmm. I'll probably be depressed right now I'm watching people deal with their pain the best way they know how I mean you know through social media through peaceful protest others through negative behaviors like rioting or even lashing out on those closest to them and that's so unfortunate mm-hmm. and like you said
1: they deal with the best way they know how some folks try to escape through alcohol or substance abuse hmm. Yeah, like uh, trying to numb the pain. Right. Speaking of numbness, several friends have told me that they're just plain numb. They're, they're not even sure how they feel about what they've been seeing, what they've been hearing.
2: And they had not really been able to fully process things. Exactly. That's where I've been the past couple of days. All over the place. Numb, heavy, angry, saddened. A whole range of emotions. And some, I'm still processing.
1: Yeah, I've noticed. Like the other day when I came into the room
2: and tears were streaming down your face. Well, what was that all about? Mm. Well, it started with that T.D. Jakes video we watched. The part where he told the story about his grandfather and the way he was brutally murdered. On that same day Bishop Dix was born. That triggered something in me. I mean, it got me thinking about my own grandfather. He died the year I was born. Both men lived in the same time period. And I thought about the racism Mm. and injustice my grandfather must have Mm. endured. Mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. So that would have been in the 50s. Ooh, things were pretty bad back then. I mean, they were even worse than they are now. Yeah. Once the dam broke in my emotions, all kind of thoughts flooded my mind. I mean, all the men who were killed just for being black.
1: Yeah, the other day I saw the image of the NAACP flag and it read, a man was lynched yesterday. They used to fly it outside their headquarters every time a black man was hung between 1920 and 1938. Now that triggers me every
2: time I see it. I can imagine. I mean, when I think about my grandfather and so many other black men, how stressful and traumatic it must have been for them. Mm. Living with the fear that they could be lynched at any time. yeah, For know. any reason or for no reason at all. I mean, I wonder how many of them die prematurely from the stress, like from a heart attack, diabetes, and asthma, from living under, you know, that constant threat of death. Mm. Mm.
1: Mm. But anyway, you know, that kind of reminds me of this article that I came across the other day. The University of Maryland study found that racism may make black men age faster. What did it say? Well, let me read it to you. Black men who reported serious racial discrimination had shortened telomeres, which Mm. are linked to an increase of early death Mm. and diseases like diabetes. They studied 92 black men between the ages of 30 and 50. The study reported that black men who experience high levels of racism and internalize it may age more quickly.
2: I don't know what telomeres are, but I can see
1: the aging part. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, according to the article, let's see, telomeres protect the ends of DNA chromosomes. Mm. Scientists use them to measure cell age. It's natural for them to shorten over time, but stress can make them shorten more, more rapidly.
2: Wow. Okay, finish reading there.
1: Though it is well known that African Americans suffer disproportionately from illness compared to other races, this study is the first to link racism to Accelerated Aging and Age-Related Disease. They said, quote, Our findings suggest that racism literally makes people old. Woo! This study is making me feel old already. Now, let me say this. The article and the study were from 2014, so there's probably more current research out there. Okay. Now, I may not be up on the latest research, but it doesn't take a scientist to observe that black men die at an early age. You're right about that. You know... What's so unique about the time we're living in is that when you look around, people are hurting on so many levels.
2: Absolutely. I mean, just think about the pain that COVID-19 has caused. Mm -hmm. All the lives lost. The devastating impact on our economy. People dealing with isolation, loneliness, fears.
1: I heard this heart-wrenching statistic a couple weeks ago.
2: What? I mean, what was
1: that? Since the pandemic began... Calls to the Suicide Prevention Hotline had increased Hmm. by 1,000%. 1,000%? Yes, 1,000%. Now, that's crazy. I know, right? Whew. But anyway, you know, we could talk about people hurting all day long. Yeah. And we could never run out of things to talk about. Got that right. But what are some people supposed
2: to do with their pain? That's a good question. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind for me is prayer. It gives me an opportunity to freely express my emotions and pain to God and get things off my chest. I'm right there with you in
1: prayer. Another method that comes to mind for me is reading the scriptures, especially the Psalms. The writers dealt with hurt, pain, disappointment, injustice, just like we do. And when I read them, Mm. it's like I can really relate
2: to them. Like they were thinking some of the same things I was thinking.
1: Yeah, and, and they were feeling some of the same things I'm feeling. I think about when I was growing up, like how people used to leave their Bibles open on the coffee table. <laughs> yeah. And they would always be open to the book
2: of Psalms. Well, I mean, do you know what makes Psalms so comforting? What's that? The book of Psalms is loaded with prayers of lament. Mm. I mean, the Psalms wrote these verses right in the middle of their hurt, pain, loneliness, disappointments, injustice, and betrayal. The same things we deal mm-hmm. with. That leads us back to today's topic, the power of lamenting. I mean, it helps people process their pain. So, let's not assume that everyone is familiar with the term lamenting. Mm -hmm.
1: How about we unpack it a little?
2: Sure. When we lament, it's pouring out our complaints to God and asking Him to move on our behalf.
1: Now, when you say pouring out our complaints, I think of how venting to another person Mm -hmm. can help us let off steam or how comforting it can be to cry on someone's shoulder. Yes. But while I'm always grateful to have someone to talk to or a listening ear, that does not light a candle Mm -mm. to pouring out all that angst and frustration or whatever I'm experiencing to the Lord. Why is that? It's because I know that the Lord can help me no matter what I'm going through. He has every answer I need. He can change situations. He can change me.
2: Mm. And if nothing changes at all, he'll walk me through it. Amen to that. I mean, for me, when I'm hurting, another way I get to a place of peace and calm is by writing my own lament. So what does that look like? Uh, Let's use Psalms 3, for example. King David wrote this when he was running for his life. I know that had to be stressful. Can you imagine? I'll read it.
1: Um, Let's see. I'll use the Living Bible. Mm, Okay. Oh, Lord. So many are against me. So many seek to harm me. I have so many enemies. So many say that God will never help me. But Lord, you are my shield, my glory, and my only hope. You alone can lift my head that's now bowed down in shame. I cried out to the Lord and he heard me from his temple. Then I lay down and slept in peace and woke up safely for the Lord was watching over me. And now, although 10,000 enemies surround me on every side, mm. I am not afraid. I will cry to him, arise, O oh Lord, save me, O oh my God. And he will slap them in the face, mm. insulting them and breaking off their teeth.
2: Mm, wow. As you was reading that, have you ever felt like that? Oh, yes, definitely. So have I. Now, when you write a lament, it can have several parts. So let's unpack it a little. To help
1: listeners understand in case they want to write their own lament.
2: Mm, Okay. The parts include addressing God, reviewing his past faithfulness, your complaint, a confession of sin or claim of innocence, a request for help, a vow to praise him, and a statement of trust in God. Do they have to be in that order? Nope. Do we have to use all the parts? Nope. But the most important part, though, is the complaint.
1: What do you say to the listener who's thinking,
2: complain to God? Are you sure about that? (laughs) Yeah, he's God.
1: He can take it.
2: Well, he knows what we're thinking
1: anyway, so there's no point in trying to hide it from him.
2: (laughs) That's the truth.
1: So break down the parts for us.
2: Okay. The first part of a lament is addressing God. In this psalm, it's brief. He simply says, oh Lord. What about reviewing his past faithfulness? Verse 3, 4, and 5 states, But Lord, you are my shield, my glory, and my only hope. You alone can lift my head. I cried out to the Lord, and he heard me from his temple. Then I lay down and slept in peace and woke up safely, for the Lord was watching over me. Okay, so what about the complaint? In verse 1 and 2 he says, So many are against me. So many seek to harm me. I have so many enemies. So, my enemies say that God would never help me. Now I get a kick out of his request for help. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> Verse 7 says, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. And he will slap them in the face, insulting them, and breaking off their teeth. Mm,
1: mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now, I can definitely relate to feeling
2: that way. So let's move on to the statement of trust. All right. Verse six and eight. And now, although 10,000 enemies surround me on every side, I am not afraid for salvation comes from God. What joy he gives to all his people. Okay. Well, thank you for breaking down the parts of lament. Now that's an excellent template. Well, thank you, sweetheart. I'm really hoping that something we share will motivate our listeners to release their pain to God. By reading laments from the Bible and by writing out their own laments. Reading and writing them, it definitely helps. And when you write them, there's no right way or wrong way to do it. Yeah. And in the
1: same times that we could spend complaining to people, Mm. we could have poured out our complaints to God. The one who can actually make a difference.
2: Good point. Can you recommend some laments from the Bible? Uh, Let's see. There's Psalms 3, the one we just read, 10, 13, 51, and 68. I mean, there's a plethora of them. Great.
1: So there's one last point that I wanted to make about the
2: importance of
1: processing our pain before the Lord. And uh, what would that be? Well, besides what we've discussed about escaping the negative impacts of trauma on our relationships, our thoughts, our bodies, and our faith, another benefit comes to mind. So like people who know us, they come to us in times of crisis or when things are falling apart Mm -hmm. or when they're overcome with grief. And I love the verses that say that the strong should bear the infirmities of the weak. But in order to do that effectively, we have to release our own burdens, our own pain first. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's wisdom. Thank you. So as we wrap up today's podcast, if it's not too personal Would you mind sharing one of your own personal laments?
2: Of course. I'd be glad to. And then I'll close with one last tool that helps me release my pain. Father, I come before you acknowledging who you are, the true and living God, the author and finisher of my faith. As I come boldly before you with humility, I pray you hear my cry as you have never left me nor forsaken me. Father... My heart is heavy and hurting, and anger is at my door. Please help me, Father, through this pain and heaviness that is upon me, and the anger that is trying to seize me. Father, I need your strength, for you say in your word, that it is not by might, nor by power, but by your Spirit, Lord, to keep my heart pure, and sin not against you. I pray you pour out your grace, your mercy, and your love, that I give grace Show mercy and walk in your love. Father, I will continue to praise your name, trust you, and honor you with all my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you, sweetheart.
1: Father, we just come before you this today. God, we are coming to you, our only help, our very present help in time of trouble. Father, I thank you that your word says in 2 Chronicles 7 14, you said that if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from from our wicked ways, you said then you would hear from heaven, you would forgive our sins and you would heal our land. Well, Lord God, our land is in need of healing right now. So we come before you, Lord God. We come with the requirements. You said, Lord, that if we would come, we would humble ourselves. If we would pray, if we would seek your face, and if we would turn. So, Lord God, I come in the name of Jesus, humbling myself in your presence, Lord God, praying to you, seeking your face, Lord God. And turning from wicked ways, Lord. So, Father God, I repent of any wicked ways. Purge me of any iniquity that might be found in me, Lord God. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me, O God, that I can come before you with clean hands and a pure heart, Lord. In the name of Jesus, god i confess anger i confess frustration i confess outrage lord god father you know those secret sins that have been hidden in my heart lord god You know, the pain that I feel, Lord God, you know, how the pain triggers those emotions, but I give them over to you right now in the name of Jesus. You said to be angry, but to sin not. So Lord, I pray that you would teach me to turn this righteous indignation into positive action. Teach me to take that energy, Lord God, and do good with it. You said faith without works is dead. So show me, Lord, what you would have me to do in the name of Jesus. Show me how you would have me to do it in Jesus name and anoint me to carry out your will, Lord. God, I confess my fear, fear that things might not change, fear of being disappointed once again. God, I trust in your perfect love to cast out all fear in the name of Jesus. My hope is in you. My expectation is in you alone. Cleanse me from all doubt, Lord God. Let faith arise in my heart, Lord. I believe you, Lord, but help thou my unbelief. Lord, I don't want to let the pain and the trauma from the past, from seeing things as a little girl where it looks like things were going to change and they didn't change, Lord God, I don't want to let the past affect my present. So I believe you that this is the time, that this is the set time. This is the appointed time for change, that it will come about, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, you said that you would hear from heaven. You would forgive our sins and you would heal our land. So God, our land needs healing, Lord. We need healing, Lord God. We need healing, Lord. We need healing. I cry out to the God who can heal. I cry out to the God who is a healer. The God who has every answer, has every solution. That's who I cry out to, Lord. I don't look to the government. I don't look to people. I look to you for change for things to change in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, I cry out to you. I cry out to you, Lord God. Your word says that whatever we say to the mountain, you said we could speak to mountains. You said that we tell them to be removed, to be cast into the sea. And if we didn't doubt in our heart, but we believe that those things that we say shall come to pass, then we would have whatsoever we say, Lord God. So right now I speak to mountains. I speak to mountains of injustice. I speak to mountains of systemic racism. I speak to mountains of division. I speak to mountains of hatred. I speak to mountains of trauma. And I say, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. God, I don't doubt in my heart, but I believe that what I say will come to pass. I believe you. I believe in your faithfulness. I trust in you to move the mountain, that the mountain will move, that the power that is in my tongue is empowered by your Holy Spirit. So God, I thank you that I speak and the mountains will move. They will move. They will move. They shall move. I declare it with my mouth. Mountains will move. Injustice will move in the name of Jesus. And Lord, you said also that whatever things we desire, when we pray, if we believe that we would receive them, that we would have them. And then you said also that if, when when we stand praying to forgive, If we have ought against anybody, you told us to forgive. You said that our heavenly father will forgive us if we forgive others. So God, I'm not going to be remiss and leave out the part and just pick out the part I want and leave out the other part. So father, God, I come to you and I confess that I do forgive. I forgive. I forgive every offense. I forgive everything that was done intentionally or things that were done unintentionally. I forgive, I let it go. I don't carry that weight. I don't look to make justice. I look to you to bring justice. I don't look for revenge. I look to you to set things right and put things in order. So Father God, I forgive. You said, Lord, that love your enemies. You said, bless them that curse you. You said, do do good to them that hate you, and to pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. So right now, Lord God, I come and I pray for those that have despitefully used me and my people, Lord God. Oh God, I come right now and I pray for those that hate me or hate my people. I come before you and praying for those who have persecuted me or my people. God, I pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. I pray that they would see, I pray the scales would be removed from their eyes. I pray that every demonic force that is behind it, every demonic force that started this, I pray that they would be delivered from those forces in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray, whether it's outright overt hatred or whether it's subtle, unconscious bias, Lord God, let the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I pray regarding the purposeful systems that have been put in place to oppress. I pray the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened for them to see. There is those who really don't see, who really don't perceive. And so Father God, I pray for those who have unwillingly, unknowingly benefit from those systems that have been put in place. And they don't understand our pain. They don't understand it. They don't know what it's like to be us. They don't know what it's like to be on the other end. That when one person is benefited from injustice or inequality, then someone else is being slighted. And they don't know what it's like. But God, I pray the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. That you would bring conviction, Lord God. The same way you convict me of my sin. The same way you convict me and show me and let my eyes be enlightened to what needs to change in me. Lord God, I pray that same thing for them in the name of Jesus. I pray for those who were taught and reared in it. And they only are doing whatever they've been taught. They don't know any better, never thought about it. It's just already, it's just been inbred in them. Father, let them see. Let them see. Let them see, Lord God in the name of Jesus, so that they can have a chance to repent, so that they can have a chance for godly sorrow, which bringeth repentance. So I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would show them, Lord God, let them see where you're pleased or where you're displeased, the same way that you show me where you're pleased and when you're displeased in the name of Jesus. And so many of them are called by your name. They claim your name. Let them walk in your ways, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And, and you sent the prophet. You sent the prophet to be able to go to Nineveh so to allow for repentance so that you would not destroy Nineveh. And you showed your mercy because Nineveh repented. Because of all the oppression and all the evil, all that they were doing, they turned and they repented. So you turned your judgment. Father, give them time. Give them that space to turn, to repent in the name of Jesus. And your word says that if you come to the altar and then you remember that your brother has it all against you. You told us to leave our gifts at the altar and to go and first be reconciled with our brother and then come and offer our gift. So, Lord God, my heart is open. My heart is open that when I come before you, I do remember that there is aught between me and my brothers. So, Lord God, between me and my sisters. So, Lord, I obey your word. I leave my gift at the altar. I'm open, Lord God to go to be reconciled to my brothers and my sisters first, to offer reconciliation in the name of Jesus so that I can come with clean hands and a pure heart to offer my gift, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you that your word in Joel 2.25, Lord, you said that you would restore the years that the locust has eaten. The canker worm had eaten, the caterpillar had eaten, and the palmerworm worm had eaten. So, Lord God, I pray for restoration of the years, Lord. Restore the years. Restore the years. only you can go back in time and restore the years, Lord God. So, God, I cry out to you for restoration, Lord God. I cry out for restitution in the name of Jesus. You see, 401 years, Lord God, 401 years, only you can restore, only you can restore, only you. My hope is in you, Lord God, restore. Bring restitution, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, the children of Israel, When they left bondage, when they left that cruel slavery system that they were under, when they left, they had great riches. They borrowed silver, gold, and clothing. You told them to do it because they had not received wages for what they had done for their work. So you told them to ask and you gave them favor and the oppressors actually gave to them because of your favor because of your favor so god i pray for your favor in the name of jesus and lord i pray that when the restitution does come lord god help us to learn from the children of israel lord so that we don't use what you bless us with to take it and make idols to make golden calves let us remember that it was you that brought us out let us remember that it was you lord God. Let us remember and help us to be grateful for what you provide. Don't let us get it twisted and think that it was we ourselves, Lord, that produced our own success. Help us to heed the warnings that you gave in the name of Jesus. Lord, you said that when you gave us cities that we didn't build and houses full of good things, which we didn't fill and wells that we didn't dig and vineyards and olive trees, which we didn't plant. And when we have eaten in a full, help us to be aware, Lord God, so we don't forget the Lord who brought us out from the house of bondage. I declare that we shall hear the Lord our God and serve him, that we shall not go out after other gods. For the Lord our God is a jealous God, so that your anger won't be aroused against us and destroy us. I pray and intercede for your people, Lord God, that we do not tempt you, that we diligently keep your commandments, your testimonies and your statutes, and that we would do what is right in your sight, that it may be well with us, that we may go in and possess the good land which the Lord swore to our ancestors. As you answer the prayers, the cries of our forefathers, the enslaved blacks who like Abraham, they died without seeing the promise. They believed for a day that they didn't live to see that their children and grandchildren and generations to come would be free, would be equal, that we would be whole. Like Abel, their blood cries out from the ground. For 400 years, their blood has been crying out. The blood from slavery, from being considered three-fifths of a person, being bred like animals, families pulled apart. The blood is crying out. Women forced to raise children alone, Massacres, chain gangs, lynchings, church burnings, segregation. The blood is crying out. Jim Crow laws, rape, disfranchisement, redlining, school to prison pipeline. The blood is crying out. Discrimination, injustice, businesses burnt to the ground. The blood is crying out. Police brutality and police intimidation rewriting and erasing our history taking credit for our accomplishments the blood is crying out dehumanization humiliation blackballing intimidation ostracization the blood is crying out being misportrayed being the brunt of jokes allowed to speak only when spoken to when our voice was taken you heard our groans lord god you heard our groans you heard hallelujah so lord i even pray for the blood that's crying out from the oppressed turning on ourselves black on black crime gang violence self-hatred colorism and rearing our children to hate themselves the blood is crying out the crab in the barrel mentality thinking that there's not enough to go around for everybody so if you rise and if you get yours I won't get mine all of that that comes from being impoverished that comes from being slighted all of that that stemmed from it all the residue where we've turned on ourselves the blood is crying out heal you hear our groans and even carrying on the tradition of breeding and having kids and and leaving the women to raise their children alone. The cries of those who just gave up hope that change would ever come, who didn't even have an expectation for better. When believing was just too painful, the groans of generations that just stopped believing, they just stopped hoping, just accepted the status quo, and therefore they couldn't even instill it in their children, what they didn't have. The cries of those who turned to substances to just numb the pain. The cries of those who fell into the system and didn't have the wherewithal to climb out. They couldn't pull themselves up by their bootstraps. That's assuming that they they needed boots with straps to be able to pull themselves up. And they didn't even have that. So God, all of it, we groan and travail. Creation is groaning and travailing waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. God, do it, Lord God. Hear our cries, O Lord. Hear my cry, O God. You said you would show mercy on whom you will. Show your mercy. Show your faithfulness to all generations. Your throne is established on righteousness and mercy. Justice, 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 justice. justice. Your word says that even though we walk in the flesh, We don't war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. We pull down the high things. We pull down the high places. We pull down systemic racism in the name of Jesus, the high things. We pull down injustice. We pull down division. We war against hatred. We war against poverty, against lack, in every form of lack, every form of poverty, financial, emotional, spiritual in the name of Jesus and the effects of those things, the effects from the high places, we pull it down. We come against the high place of deception and trickery and confusion that will undoubtedly come. And even Pharaoh came back and said, after he said the people could go, he said, no, they can't. He came and chased after them and God, in the name of Jesus, everything that these things that we're pulling down will try to come back and take us back. We bind it in advance in the name of Jesus. We command them to come down permanently. We come against the high places. We command them to come down in the name of Jesus. And God, I give you the glory. I give you the praise. You are worthy, Lord God. You are worthy. I thank you that I will see you your hand move. I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Amen. That was powerful, sweetheart.
1: I just want to thank all of our listeners for joining us for the Real Relationship Toolbox podcast. And remember, if you're up to the challenge, join us for the hashtag MST30daychallenge. Visit our website, themarriagetext.com forward slash challenge. And remember, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Remember to like us. You can find all the details on our website.